Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. Very glad to be with you here today. We've got a big show for you today. We'll be joined by Tyler Bennett in the third hour. Lots of videos to show you. We got political news. We're going to be focusing a lot on the war in Ukraine today. You know, I think we'll start with uh, clip number 10 here because we are going to be talking a little bit about politics. I have to say, if there's one thing I've noticed about Kevin McCarthy, he he looks like a like a new bride. <laughs> he really ever since he won his, ever since he won the the competition and is now House Speaker, he's glowing. He's glowing like a new boor, like a a new bride. <laughs> it's really kind of funny to see. And he's actually, you know, uh, being pretty good. I kind of like what he's up to. I kind of like what he's doing. Uh, he went head to head with a reporter and really laid down the law. Clip number ten here. Kevin McCarthy versus reporter who questioned his decision to remove Schiff and Swalwell from the intel community. Let's watch. Intel committee. Is, is Santos on the intel committee? Am I allowing Schiff, am I allowing Schiff to be on other committees? Go right ahead. Well, let me be very. He's got elected by his district, so. Okay, let, let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. I answer it. It's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not. Okay, in all respect. Thank you. No, no. Let's answer her question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because it goes to the national security of America, and I will always put them first, all right? And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing, and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell 
had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the intel committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So this has nothing to do with Santos. Santos is not on the Intel Committee. But you know what? Those voters elected Schiff, even though he lied. Those voters elected Swalwell, even though he lied to the American public, too. So you know what? I'll respect his voters, too, and they'll serve on committees. But they will not serve on a place that has national security reverence because integrity matters to me. That's the answer to your question. Pretty good response, but the real takeaway for me is journalists are evil and need to be destroyed. <laughs> right? When it's, when it's Democrats, it's like, um, sir, excuse me, will you please explain why? And when it's Republicans, it's just like, why did you do that? What's wrong with It's Tuesday, January 24th, Year of Our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. we got a lot to cover today. We'll be talking about, of course, the war in Ukraine quite a bit, actually. It's going to be a pretty big topic today. We're taking your calls throughout the second hour. We'll be joined by Tyler Bennett and Jennifer Bridges in the third hour. A couple of guests coming up, so we'll try to take as many of your phone calls as possible in the second hour. We'll be talking about... Uh, scandals and conspiracies and all sorts of fun stuff. COVID, of course, also. We're also going to get into the uh, chicken feed debacle. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's worse than you think. And we'll get into it. I got, I got some, personal, some personal things to say about it. But let's begin today, as we do every day, with our Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 25th of January, 2023. Germany greenlights leopard tank deliveries to Ukraine. Berlin on Wednesday approved the delivery of powerful German-made leopard tanks to help Ukraine repel Russia's invasion after weeks of pressure from Kiev and many allies. Germany will provide a company of 14 Leopard 2A6 tanks from the Bundeswehr stock, government spokesperson Stefan Hyberstreit said in a statement. So th- that'll work. That'll work. They'll win now 14 tanks. That's all that was missing. I mean, I know they had $100 billion and our entire supply of Javelin and Stinger missiles and close cooperation with Raytheon and the CIA and uh, targeted strikes and drone capabilities. But it was those 14 tanks they were missing. That's why they were losing so badly this whole time. But now they have these 14 tanks. I mean, I think that's it. I, th- I think it's over now. I think Putin's going to be running for the hills after <laughs> 14 tanks, you guys. That's it. It's done. It's over. Uh, also, they're pulling out of Solidar, <laughs> Solidar because they're actually losing on every front. Actually, uh, they're losing on every front. And uh, spokesperson Dmitry Petro, uh, Petrov, uh, Peskov rather, from the Kremlin says, quote, these tanks will burn like all the rest. They are just very expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, 14 uh, you know, uh, massive, super expensive tanks. Wonder how they'll do against like a $200 drone packed with C4 and piloted by some guy a thousand miles away. 
not well, I think, but it's okay. It's okay. It's just nuclear brinksmanship. It's just engaging the entire world in a war without even trying to explain why we should do such a thing. And also, you know, it's a little tit for tat going on as finally, you know, Germany as the satrapy of America, as, a, you know, an occupied American colony has finally agreed to give tanks to our other satrapy, our other uh, dependent there in Ukraine. Uh, meanwhile, Putin plotting to, quote, grab U.S. weapons left behind during Afghan evacuation seized by Taliban, Kremlin insider claims. Vladimir Putin is plotting to grab weapons seized by the Taliban during the U.S. evacuation of Afghanistan, a so-called Kremlin insider claim. So I guess if he were to get all of them, then what's happening in Ukraine is that $100 billion worth of American weapons will be fighting against $80 billion worth of American weapons on a battlefield that most Americans couldn't point out on a map of the world. Pretty incredible stuff. Of <laughs> the way that the Russian tyrant is reportedly in the midst of negotiation with the terror group to recognize the Taliban government. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever labels you have to put on the other side to make our side seem like the good guys, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure. The tyrant. Was it 10 times as many people arrested in the UK for speech than in Russia? Who's really the tyrant here? The U.S. spent an uh, estimated $62 billion on weapons and equipment to arm the Afghan army as they propped up the government after toppling the Taliban in 2001. Now they'll sell all those to to Putin. And uh, once again, we will be the architects of our own problems. Really amazing stuff. Meanwhile, Democrat lawmaker's child released on $500 bail after assaulting a cop. Minority whip Catherine Clark's kid allegedly (laughs) – kid – son, but he called himself a girl, so they just go with kid – allegedly punched an officer during a Boston anti-police riot. The, quote, non-binary child of Democrat House Majority Whip Catherine Clark, charged with assaulting a cop, is released from custody Monday night after posting a $500 cash bail. Typically, this wouldn't even be that uh, big of a story. Oh, son of a politician getting away with a crime? Gee, that's, that's nothing we've ever heard of before. Oh, Antifa being allowed to assault cops and get away with it? Again, it's the story of our life. But, you know, it's worth it when you're, uh, you know, yesterday we cover somebody who committed no, no real crime. You know, he trespassed. He trespassed uh, through an open door at the United States Capitol, a public building while interacting with and cooperating with police the entire time. Right. Just didn't do anything wrong. Put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Uh, that was basically his big crime uh, was Kept in prison without bail for two years while awaiting trial and then convicted on every count and sentenced to potentially life in prison for, again, he never assaulted a cop. He never hit anybody. He stole an envelope. Oh, well, he stole an envelope. So, I mean, life in prison, I guess. But if you're Antifa, you can literally attack cops, like throw bricks at their head, and you're out the next day for 500 bucks, and you'll likely never face charges in the first place. Pretty incredible stuff. Just, just letting everybody know what the world is like these days. By the way, I know we, when we covered this story in the first place, we warned everybody. Everybody was laughing at this. Everybody was uh, 
you know, making fun of this. Montgomery County, Maryland, moved yesterday to become the first county on the East Coast to ban natural gas as a source of heat in new buildings, pleasing green groups, even as critics warned of higher energy costs. The gas limits, backed by a 9 to 0 vote in Montgomery County's uh, council, Democratic members, are expected to go into effect by the end of 2026 as part of local building codes. About 1.1 million people live in Montgomery County, which adjoins the District of Columbia and the state's largest county. So, yeah, they already are. <laughs> they already are just banning uh, natural gas. Again, not that they have a reason for it. They'll, they come up with whatever reason that they want. Well, it's about health. Well, it's about climate change. Well, it's about you know, whatever, you know, Russia, <laughs> the war in Ukraine, whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't matter. They just pass laws arbitrarily that make your life harder, make things more expensive, provide no uh, positive whatsoever, uh, and then call you a racist, stupid person for asking why. Why are they doing this? We know why. They're anti-human. They are working at every different level, from every different angle, to piece by piece destroy the ability of anybody to live outside of the control of a singular, unified, electronic control grid that they pull the levers for. Okay? Great. Meanwhile, only 14% of Americans agree with amnesty for illegals. A poll has found that a vast majority of Americans are racist white supremacists, apparently. Right? That's, that's what I'm supposed to believe. If you don't want to reward criminals, this makes you um, hateful, right? Vast majority of Americans do not agree that, there's a, that there should be a blanket amnesty for immigrants who have, uh, cro- who have crossed the border into the United States illegally. The survey conducted by the Trafalgar Group in partnership with the Convention of the States Actions found that only 14% agreed that citizenship should be granted to those who have entered illegally. Only 14%. So, you know, again, this is democracy in action. This is our democracy. After all, you get the will of the 14% imposed on the will of the 86%, and then they call that democracy. Remember, if the majority is in favor of what they want, then that's what they appeal to. It's democracy. Hey, the majority wants it. We don't have a choice. We have to do it. If a vast minority wants something and they're going to impose it anyway, well, then it's just – it's the experts are telling us we have to. And you know, this is a democracy, but you know, we've got to follow the experts after all. So again, it's just whatever excuse they can use. They're just doing it. They're just doing it. That's all you really need to know. Finally, we have this story. Uh, Pope says homosexuality, not a crime, which is fine, I guess, right? The, the good news is the Pope, not a law enforcement expert. I guess the question you should be asking is, is it a sin since that's your purview, since that's what you supposedly have authority over? Being homosexual isn't a crime, France said. Uh, Pope Francis said during an exclusive interview Tuesday with the Associated Press. He does acknowledge, well, you know, it's a bit of a sin, but hey, look, we're the Catholic Church. (laughs) If if homosexuality, you know, is a bad thing, we'd be the first to go. So, you know, we can't can't come out and say that. So, yeah, uh, thank you, Pope. Thank you, last Pope ever. (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's all it's all great. Why does the establishment spend so much time demonizing InfoWars, attacking myself and the crew and our other host? Because they know we're pro-human. They know we're telling the truth. They know we've got their number. They know everything we do is about empowering humanity. And God gave us, through Mother Nature, incredible compounds 
that will supercharge our body's stamina, libido, energy, and immune systems. And we came out many years ago with Real Red Pill Plus that has all the documented compounds like preglinone and so much more to supercharge your body and to give your body the key elements and the key ingredients it needs to function at a proper level. This is the answer to the New World Order's tyranny. This is Real Red Pill Plus, sold out for two years, 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get the Red Pill Plus exclusively, InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now launching the most powerful supplements in the history of InfoWars under a new brand name, InfoWars Platinum. Now, all three of these revolutionary products you see in front of you are already number one bestsellers in the market for the last few years because they work so well. We've gone right to the manufacturer who are listeners, the owners of Fan, and they've given us this huge deal off of retail, 40% off what these products are found for under other names. And, and, and not just under one name, they sell these under three or four other brands that other major distributors and suppliers have put out. The difference is we have it for 40% off what it is in stores. We're talking about Pain MD. We're talking about HGH Max Boost. We're talking about 1776 Testosterone Boost. These things are incredible. I would suggest you take half a dose or less when you first do and consult your healthcare provider because they're so powerful. Get them at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. seconds to midnight on the doomsday clock apparently doomsday clock includes things like climate change now it's not even about nuclear annihilation anymore so i don't know how much we can really trust it actually but of course the march for war is uh not slowing down at all in fact it's only accelerating germany greenlights leopard tank deliveries to ukraine as Putin is in negotiations apparently with the Taliban to purchase all of the weapons that we uh, gave them as a present when uh, Joe Biden decided to bungle the uh, escape from Afghanistan. There's an article the other day that I didn't cover, but it was you know saying people compared the Afghan withdrawal to the fall of Saigon, which couldn't be more incorrect because the fall of Saigon was a very well-organized military accomplishment. <laughs> a little bit different. And NPR has a story. Uh, Germany agrees to send leopard tanks, uh, leopard battled tanks to Ukraine after weeks of pressure, weeks and weeks and weeks of pressure. Uh, but it's not going so well for Ukraine, unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't know. I can't figure it out anymore. <laughs> I, you know, it's like w- what I want is to avoid nuclear annihilation. So, you know, grading it on a level of pushing us towards thermonuclear exchange with a superpower in the form of Russia? Or are we moving away from it? It's kind of hard to tell, you know? I think, I guess, you know, it's like, well, we're run by psychopaths, right? That will never, they never give up. They never admit that they're wrong. They never 
like back down when something that they're doing proves to be incorrect. It's, you know, time and 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 time again. They're doing it right now as we speak with the COVID vaccine, the open bores. I mean, just everything they do uh, either on purpose or by accident, like it's one or the other. Either they just can never get anything right or they're getting everything right because their actual designs is to destroy the earth and, you know, eliminate humanity. So, again, that's why people are like, you know, the the American government is so bad at what they do. No, what they're doing is exactly what's happening. They're very, very, very good at what they're doing. What they're doing doesn't make any sense to you because you're not a psychopath. You're not evil. You're not you know, desperate for control over your fellow human beings. So it looks bad to you. But for them, it's just working perfectly. So I don't know. You know, I don't. So to me, it's like. You would think that like Ukraine would just fall already. Like if just if they would just like give up, like you keep losing every you're just sacrificing tens of thousands of lives for no foreseeable gain whatsoever. You're just wasting all your money. You're wasting all of everybody's money. You've surrendered your entire establishment to American occupation. Like there's nothing in it for you. If you would just just stop, just give over all of the lands that Russia's already taken. Just go, okay, all right, you can have that. You know, we give up, you know, then maybe, but the thing is the people controlling Ukraine will never let that happen. So it's almost like I'm in favor of Ukraine just because I know the people that are controlling Ukraine are so psychopathic that they will push it towards nuclear exchange. They'll launch the first nuke. They've said so themselves. So, you know, it's almost like I almost want Ukraine to win and to to get victory just because I know the people that control America and control Ukraine are suicidal and if they are losing ukraine and think that they're on the you know cusp of total defeat they will launch missiles they will assassinate putin they will do whatever to whoever they'll assassinate joe biden and blame it on the russians like they don't care they'll do whatever it takes to you know keep the fraud going so you know it's kind of a horrifying situation to be in but that's where we are and now the u.s and its allies want ukraine to change its battlefield tactics in the spring Here's what the soldiers are saying from the front line of uh, Ukraine. U.S. and Western officials are urging Ukraine to shift its focus from the brutal month-long fight in the west in the eastern city of Bakhmut, which they've left now, by the way, uh, and prioritize instead a potential offensive in the south using a different style of fighting that takes advantage of the billions of dollars in new military hardware recently committed by Western allies, U.S. and Ukraine officials tell CNN. You know, it's also worth mentioning that this tends to happen throughout history when you have a major leap in technological advance you pretty quickly after have a war where those weapons sort of get tested in a lot of ways right like the reason the civil war was so brutal was because you had all of these incredible new weapons but they hadn't gotten used to it yet and so they still use the old school tactics of like fighting in lines but it didn't make any sense anymore because it wasn't uh you know front loading muskets that they were using they were using like rifled um, like sniper rifles and stuff. So it didn't make any sense anymore. So you just had massive deaths because they were still using the old tactics. World War One was very similar, right? You had submarines, you had the repeating guns, the um, whatever, the, the, I can't, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the uh, uh, just chain-fed, the chain-fed machine guns, that sort of stuff. Like that was all brand new as well. It was sort of a learning curve uh, in the First World War also. And you know, if you listen to historians, it's almost like the world powers are like they have all these new toys and they just want to play with them. They just they want to see what it's like to have these new weapons engaged in the battlefield. And it seems like that's kind of what's going on in Ukraine, that like the American establishment 
is gearing up for like a war in Taiwan, maybe a ground war against Iran. And they wanted to like test out the new technology on a battlefield that was far away from them and that they could just sort of observe how it worked. And to me, a little bit of that is going on is that they're they're basically testing the waters and seeing how the new drone technology changes the battlefield, how the new surveillance technology changes the operation of war. Uh, and they'll do it in Ukraine where it, it doesn't really matter to us whether it falls or, or not, sort of a safe playground that they can test their little toys in uh, before you know going up against China or, again, engaging in a um, ground war in Iran on behalf of Israel. So uh, a little bit of this is, is testing the waters. Uh, clip number eight is the German foreign minister – uh, talking about the tanks that they're sending to Ukraine, and I don't know if this is a slip of the tongue or if they're just declaring war on Russia now, but uh, here's Germany essentially declaring war on, Ru on Russia. Let's watch. And therefore, I've said already in the last days, yes, we have to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks, but the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Minister. Uh, should you declare war then, maybe? Maybe you should actually go through the process. Like, it's pretty amazing. We definitely – we are in World War III at this point. I'd say – I don't know. If I was a historian 100 years from now, I'm not sure where I would start World War III because obviously what's happening in Ukraine is just – I mean, this all started in 2014, right? So you started back then with the coup, you know, against Ukraine, organized by American interests and the Secretary of State, uh, Victoria Nuland, Deputy Secretary of State. Like, is that where it started? Or is all of this just a continuation of what's going on in Syria, where you have Russia fighting on behalf, like with Syria against ISIS that's being funded and trained and armed by the Western Alliance? Like, is that where it started? And this is just another outgrowth of it. Uh, but regardless, I mean, American-controlled Ukraine is at war, you know, with Russia, with its entire, you know, you know allyship of uh, Germany and everybody else. So, I mean, we're in World War III right now. It's just nobody has declared it because they don't actually have a, an argument to make. And if they were to actually go through the process that's necessary when engaged in an actual war between two nation states, uh, you'd have to actually, like, explain why you're doing it and get the people on your side. But when you can act like this is all just shifting around military equipment, you can pretend it's not war. I am extremely honored to be seen by the globalists as their number one enemy. I am blessed to know that our information is so hardcore that the enemies of humanity are obsessed with silencing us. They know the truth about their globalist operations is exposed. It's game over. And all over the planet, Humanity is awakening and peacefully fighting back. And our main tool is free speech and the truth we promote using free speech. That's why when you share articles and videos from Band.Video or Infowars.com or Newswars.com, it changes the world. And that's why when you go to Infowarsstore.com and get amazing products that empower you and your body and your immune system and that of your family, you're also empowering the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalist. The fight starts at Infowars.com. And the support of the fight starts at Infowarsstore.com. God bless, and thank you all for your support. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We're talking about the Ukraine war. It's not going well. It's not going well, which means extremely dangerous time for everyone, really. When the American machine is not getting its way, that's when things get dangerous. The U.S. and its allies want Ukraine to change battlefield tactics in the spring, saying that what's been going on so far, as for nearly six months, Ukrainian forces have been going toe-to-toe with the Russians over roughly 36 miles of territory in Bakhmut, which lies between the separatist-held cities of Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, has been a brutal and grinding fight, a senior Western intelligence official said, with each side exchanging anywhere from 100 to 400 meters of land per day and exchanging several thousand uh, several thousands of artillery rounds almost daily. Bakhmut is less attractive militarily in terms of any sort of infrastructure than it might have been had it not been this destroyed. And so what they're trying to convince uh, Zelensky to do is start a offensive in the southern region, I guess, in, in Crimea is what they want. But essentially, you know, it's... It's like... Um, uh, it's like any like coworker you have that just never does what they're supposed to and always has an excuse. That's sort of what it's like, right? It's like you first talk to them, they're like, "This is going to be the best. It's, uh, this is the best project. I'm really killing it on this one. It's going to be amazing." And then it comes around, you're like, "Oh, where is it?" And they're like, "Well, that's that project was stupid and it's not important and it was never. I was it was stupid. It was a waste of time in the first place. So I I didn't do it. It's, it's not that they failed. It's that they've come up with a different strategy to move forward now, right? It's like, well, you're just." covering up your failure now right they're like we are on the cusp of taking Bakhmut, and this is the deciding point of the war and once we get this then they like lose it and they're like well we we never wanted that anyway no we think we're gonna reform and and do another advance over here it's like or you could just you could just go to the peace table or you could just go talk to them and stop killing each other but no Ukraine forces pull back from Donbass town after onslaught. Ukrainian forces have conducted an organized retreat from a town in the eastern region of Donbass, an official said Wednesday, in what was a rare but modest battlefield triumph for the Kremlin after a series of setbacks in its evasion that began almost 11 months ago. I just love how – I mean they just say this stuff. It's like what setbacks? I, I don't know. I've been following the Ukraine war pretty closely. And pretty much all I've seen is a slow and steady Russian advance. They keep achieving their, their goals. They keep you know, achieving their checkpoints and making advances. I, I have not seen the Russians fail anywhere, really. The only places where they've, like, retreated is places where it seemed like their tactic from the very beginning or their strategy from the very beginning was to, you know, enter into a place for a, a prescribed period of time and then to remove again then the western media is like they're retreating but they weren't really they were it was a tactical move that they had planned on doing in the first place so again they just say things like this like a series of setbacks the catastrophe after catastrophe a putin has cancer it's just like okay whatever that's fine uh the ukrainian army retreated from the salt ta- uh, salt mining town of solidar to quote preserve the lives of personnel a spokesperson for the Ukraine forces in the east told the Associated Press the soldiers pulled back to previously prepared defensive dis- uh, positions, he said. Moscow has portrayed the battle for Solodar, which lies near the city of Bakhmut, as key to capturing the entire Donbass. The accomplishment takes Russian forces steps closer to Bakhmut, but military anal- uh, analysts say capturing Solodar is more symbolic than strategic. Yeah, sure. So the tens of thousands of lives that you already wasted trying to hold it 
those were symbolic losses also? You were symbolically trying to hold it then or was it important then and now you've lost it? It's just symbolic. Like they're just liars. They're just – this is just a, a war of lies. That's all this is. Inside and out. Ukraine rut, uh, rocked by corruption scandal. Wave of top official re- resign. Sports cars, mansions, and luxury vacations as people suffered. The Ukrainian government on Tuesday confirmed the resignation of multiple high-ranking officials amid large-scale corruption allegations and what's being called the biggest mass resignation and graft scandal since the Russian invasion began. <laughs> Not before that, though, because boy, do they have a long and, and storied history of being the most corrupt country in Europe. Uh, and we're, we're um, you know, going to go to nuclear war for them. It's just absurd. This is an interesting from redvoicemedia.com. There's a show clip from the J.D. Rucker show, but he says Zelensky cleans house and anti-corruption drive, a.k.a. covering up his own corruption. He says when the walls are closing in on a corrupt government or even an corrupt, a corrupt individual leader, two things happen. First, the fail-safe protocols that were put into place for such an event are triggered. We've seen examples of this in both fiction and real life in the form of document shredding and people scrambling to get evidence removed or destroyed within an office prior to raid. That's uh, when it's an entire government doing the cover-up. The scale is exponentially lar- uh, larger. And he calls these people scapegoats, and we, we've seen this over and over. We saw it in uh, Turkey not too long ago with the fake coup that they pulled off there in order to oust um, you know, people that would potentially participate in a coup in order to destroy them. So that seems what's, what's uh, happening here. You've got a corrupt president claiming an anti-corruption drive when in reality he's just um, you know, ousting people that maybe are in his way. But it can't be good. can't be good to be losing – you know, a huge swath of your senior administration in the middle of a not going well war. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a great thing to happen. Uh, let's go to clip 20 here. And again, it's just even beyond the logical and reasonable, you know, breakdown of what's going on. There's just something metaphysical going on here. There's something symbolic happening. Like it's, it, it, it's almost cartoonish, like it's almost beyond belief how evil the evil people seem. You know, we're always – like in fiction, they'll have the evil guy be like a, a handsome, you know, blonde dude with blue eyes and a great smile. But really in the background, he's doing evil. But it's like that's not the way it really works. What happens is you have people that literally look and sound like Bond villains acting like Bond villains. I mean you've seen the videos playing – on InfoWars the last couple of days that have like Henry – it's like Henry Kissinger and Klaus Schwab and they all have this incredibly evil voice that they talk in. It's like – it's cartoonish almost. So we're going to play a clip from Zelensky here thanking BlackRock and JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and all of the – you know uh, the American groups that are helping to bring about this war in Ukraine. I mean it's a, a real mask off moment. But to me sort of the, the takeaway from it because we know that like this is a war being fought by and on the behalf of – the elitists that have already destroyed our country to a large degree and are, and are imposing ESG and DEI and uh, you know biometric censorship and you know financial control. Like it's all these same people that are you know now sending us to war in Ukraine. So I mean that's not like a like a big revelation to me. But just this dude's voice, just Zelensky's voice, it's just the most evil-sounding voice you can possibly imagine. It's really bizarre. I, I wonder if it sounds different. In Ukrainian, like when he's speaking Ukrainian, if it sounds normal, but this dude and his voice is like, like he really is a gremlin. I know I always call him a gremlin, but I'm starting to think that like 
like he was born in a, in a mud pit or something. It's, he's, he's a gremlin. Let's go to clip number 20 here. Here's Zelensky thanking BlackRock and J.P. Morgan, all the wonderful people helping him to defeat big bad Russia. Let's watch. It is obvious that American business can wrong? become the locomotive that once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed thing. to attract attention and have cooperation with such cooperation. giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, yes. Golden Sachs, such American brands yes, as fighting for the bankers. Westinghouse ah. have already become part of our Ukrainian, Ukrainian. way. Your brilliant <laughs> defense systems ah. such as HIMARS or Bradley's are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. We are waiting for patriots. We are looking closely at Abrams. Thousands of such examples are possible. All right, we can take it down. And everyone can come. Am am I I wrong? It's like, is he doing it on purpose? Just like I, I would like to thank all of the bankers and all of the international businessmen for... Giving us all the money to wage this. <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you to all of the bankers. <laughs> like, is he, is he got some in his throat? It's a hell of a Mexican accent you got there, Harrison. <laughs> is it the <laughs> it's Ukrainian? All right, I'll work on it. I'll work on the accent. In the meantime, you work on not killing us all in nuclear hellfire, okay? We'll, we'll do that. Little gremlin and his banker controllers. InfoWars has made history. You have made history by supporting InfoWars. The globalists are being defeated on every front. And now is the time to not just sit on our laurels because we're winning battles. Let's win the war, the information war. There's nothing you can do more important than keeping InfoWars on air and the fight for liberty. I don't think anybody denies that fact. And I thank you for your past support. But I'm encouraging you now to get one of the very last coins in a four-coin series, the Teddy Roosevelt Man in the Arena coin, exclusively at 1776coin.com. And you can get $30 off this historic pure silver coin with promo code 1776 at 1776coin.com. No more of these will be made. If you want the coin, it's exclusively available right now for a limited time at 1776coin.com. $30 off when you use promo code 1776. Thank you for your support. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers. That the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have the communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Welcome to this unapproved of, highly censored resistance broadcast. The Great Reset is on and the cult of death is making their move on the entire world. Got crazy headlines like this. Assisted suicide could be viewed as an opportunity for cost saving by the NHS. You know, it's cheaper than treating you, (laughs) killing you. Isn't that funny how that works? But I'll talk about a, a mysterious circumstance that people are starting to notice and and point out, and I have to admit, uh, this is real, and something really is going on. Chicken farmers blame tainted feed after hens stop producing eggs. So, as you may know, I've talked about a little bit, we we have four chickens at our house. They're called Easter egg chickens because the eggs they lay are like blue and green and really pretty. And, um... They stopped laying eggs this winter, and my wife was like, yeah, they stopped laying eggs, but that's just like a winter thing. You know, they need to preserve energy, and then when spring comes, they, they start laying eggs again. That sounded pretty reasonable to me. I understand that can, that can happen a little bit. But then there was something very strange that happened in that we were outside playing the other day, two days ago, and my son uh, – started feeding clover to the chickens. So we, we use chicken feed to feed our chickens and, but they love like eating grass and clover and stuff. And so my son was going around and picking up clumps of clover. So they're, the chickens are in like an encaged area of the yard. Um, they don't run around everywhere because by the way, just on a quick side note, there was an article on CNN. I think it was CNN yesterday that was saying, uh, people are getting backyard chickens, but know the health concerns. And everybody was posting that going, oh, they're trying to scare you away from having chickens. You shouldn't be scared from having chickens, but it is a health risk. You understand that, right? My son, when he was like six months old, or maybe a little bit older, maybe like nine months old, actually got salmonella poisoning from interacting with the chickens. So it was very scary. It took a long time to figure out what was going on with him. But like, that's not a, that's not fear mongering. It's just letting you know it is a risk. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't share the outrage about that CNN article where they're like, they're trying to tell people not to have chickens. No, you should have chickens, but just know. Your kid might put their poop in their mouth and then get salmonella. So be warned. But it's the same as like having a dog anyway, right? Any pet is going to have uh, health concerns. But th- that's that's beside the point. So the chickens eat almost nothing but chicken feed. And they don't roam around the yard because after my son got salmonella, we were like, all right, let's put them in a we'll, – we'll fence the thing off so they're not like pooping on stuff in our yard and our son is then you know crawling around in the grass or whatever. So they don't, they don't get to range around and eat whatever they want. We give them chicken feed, and they run around in their little chicken run area. Uh, but then my son decided to start feeding them clover. We have clover patches, and he would go grab a patch of clover and go feed the chickens. And he did that for a while and fed them a lot of clover. And then the next day, they laid eggs. And it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of weird. They hadn't been laying eggs for a while. They'd been on nothing but chicken feed. But then you feed them clover, and the next day they have eggs. So this to me is perfectly in line with everything else that we're seeing because farmers are blaming tainted chicken feed for 
hens not, not laying eggs. In several viral videos, farmers bizarrely documented their hens laying output decreased or altogether stopped sometime last year. While egg laying naturally cools over the winter, a couple of the farmers in the video say their chickens haven't laid since at least July, since last July. The farmers almost unanimously conclude their commercial chicken feed is to blame for their hens' decreased output as the issue uh, appears to have been remedied after switching to a different feed. And Infowars.com has this article with all of these videos uh, showing doc- documenters providing documentation of the same phenomenon. They're actually some of them naming the brands they suspect to be responsible. We have a few of these videos now. And again, this is very weird. The, I mean, I guess it's the only thing you can say about it, but like this is this is not normal. And it seems to me like definitely evidence of some sort of conspiracy. If this is really happening, if the chicken feed itself is causing chickens to no longer lay eggs. I mean, that opens opens the door to a lot of questions. What is it about the chicken feed? Is it being done on purpose? What chicken feed producers are having this effect? Like it's, we get we get high end stuff. We we don't you know cheap out on the on the chicken feed. We get the organic stuff. We get. Just want to let you know that we're thinking about maybe introducing a supplement line for chickens called Super Super Chicken Vitality. Super Chicken Vitality. <laughs> maybe we should. Pure clovers. <laughs> maybe we should. We can hire my son as a uh, as Old a guy as a provider. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh. But yeah, this is happening. Let's go to chick, uh, uh, chicken number five. Let's go to uh, video number five about chicken feed. So again, you can find all these on uh, Infowars.com, and there's, there's a lot of videos. There's just a small selection. Let's go to uh, clip number five. So there is a debate online right now of whether or not chicken feed and what brand you're feeding your chickens is causing them to not lay as well anymore. So I want to show you something. Then you can do with this information whatever you will. Everything your chicken I want you to watch gets the stored feed. in what's called their crop. There it's broken it down so the chicken can pass it out of its body. This is another reason why grit is really important because it helps to break Still those expanding. things down. Chickens go number one and number two from the same place. So soft. I recorded that video last summer. I have been adding water and soaking my chicken feed since I got them, and they're about two years old now. The water expands the feed. It stretches it longer. You can warm it up. You can cool it down. It's easier to digest. But somewhere between summer and fall of last year, the feed quit absorbing the water. It would sit five minutes, 10 minutes, and a lot of it would still be in pellet form. And I'm speaking specifically about producer pride pellets from Tractor Supply. So I quit adding water because it was pointless and I would give the pellets dry to my chickens and there would be times where they would let it sit for days and not touch it. The temperatures outside had dropped. They were molting. The feed wasn't doing what I wanted it to. So I changed the one thing I had control over and I started buying feed from a local feed store. The difference is noticeable immediately. As soon as you open the bag, because it smelled so much better. I don't know what happened to producer's pride at some point. It doesn't have a smell anymore. The one from the local feed store smells great, looks great, has a better color to it, and my birds love it. Now, I'm not saying this is a problem for everyone, and I don't know if they've changed their recipe. This is just my personal experience. Because I don't know about you guys, but on this homestead and this economy, I don't have the time or the money to invest in layers that aren't laying. So yeah, if your chickens have stopped laying, what do you have to lose? Even if you spend a little bit more money on the feed that you would have to buy to replace the feed you're currently using, I'd say it's worth it if you start getting eggs again, and especially right now. So again, I can I can back this up. I mean, we go to a local feed store. I don't know what brand we buy exactly, but it's it's definitely not the cheapest stuff. It's good stuff, but yeah, we have this exact same experience feeding chickens nothing but chicken feed they don't lay eggs you feed them clover and they lay eggs i mean that's that's a, that's a scientific stuff. i mean we can repeat it i'm sure 
But there's something going on here. There's something very disturbing going on here. And uh, other people are replacing their chicken feed not with other brands of chicken feed, but actually different feed entirely and also having positive results. Let's go now to clip number seven, another uh, clip from this article on Infowars.com. In nearly 30-something years of raising chickens, I have never gone without eggs, not even just one. And since before Halloween, I have not gotten a single egg until about a week ago. And I switched the feed that I was giving. I no longer am feeding chicken feed. I have switched my girls to goat feed. Steel cut oats, black sunflower seeds, and goat feed. I have to say, there's something uh, something to this. If I have to put my little tinfoil hat on, it's kind of weird. Yep, kind of weird. By the way, was she listening to Owen? Did y'all recognize Owen's voice? Did y'all hear that? Who'd you think it was? I, I'm pretty sure she was listening to Owen. Here, but play, play, that, play just the, the first part of that video again. Listen to the background voice. Imagine warning people in nearly 30 something years of raising chickens. I have never gone with maybe not. I thought it was funny that she would be listening to the war room while uh, filming a video that would end up on uh, Infowars. Pretty interesting stuff. Taking the conspiracy one step further, one researcher researcher claimed the feed could be contaminated with the same experimental RNA technology in COVID vaccines, backing up his theory with screenshots of various studies about RNA RNA experimentation in the food supply. Uh, Others push back against the claim, saying the egg drama is being blown out of proportion on social media. One thing we know is there is an egg shortage crisis. It's partly due to the GMO feed, in my opinion. I think that's definitely the case, as I've seen it in my own personal life. And, of course, we've seen countless examples from across the country. Also, you had uh, the the bird flu scare that caused the American government to order 50 million birds be killed last year. So, obviously, that's going to lower the uh, amount as well. Uh, we'll take your phone calls in the next hour as we close out this hour. I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com. Ultimate Bone Broth is back, and it's better than ever. It's now 25% off. I mean, this product, talk about your, your most desired and least available. It's back, folks. It's been gone forever, but Ultimate Bone Broth is back. It's Ultimate Bone Broth Plus, and it's 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The incredible formula now advanced and even better than ever. The wait is over. Bone Broth is back. I've taken a lot of supplements over the years, since high school, and they had great effects. And the science has gotten better and better and better over the years. And now with all the things we're bombarded with, and the water and the food and the feminizing factors, it is more important than ever to use the compounds God gave us to boost our natural male potential. But these products work great for women as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Pain MD. It's a number one national bestseller under another name. We got it discounted for 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com under the label InfoWars Platinum. We've also got HGH Max Boost. Read all about it. Be very safe with it. I take only a fraction of what they say at first and take it before you go to bed at night. Don't do it uh, during the day. 1776 Testosterone Boost. Totally incredible. Go read about them. Learn more about them at InfoWarsStore.com in the InfoWars Platinum section. And you get 40% off on these already best-selling products under the new name InfoWars Platinum. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of the American Journal has begun. We're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for your calls this hour. The number to dial is 1-877-789-2539. That's 1-877-789-2539. Give us a call here at American Journal. We'll take your calls throughout this hour. We'll be joined in the third hour by Tyler Bennett and Jennifer Bridges. Very excited to talk to them as well. So have a lot to talk about here coming up this hour. I plan to talk a little bit about uh, the nation state of Israel. Won't that be exciting? Stay tuned for that. Record it for your local uh, ADL chapter. By the way, there's a massive series of DDoS attacks against alternative social media in the last few days. Gab under attack, the DDoS on January 23rd. On Monday, January 23rd, around 3.30 p.m., Gab says they received a few odd emails claiming to have found vulnerability in our site. The email basically said, go ahead and check. Your site is down. Pay us a small amount in Bitcoin, and we'll give you the solution. We work with bug bounty engineers all the time who report things for us, and we reward them with a bug bounty payment. This is a normal practice for most platforms our size, but this was different. This was an extortion attempt. We checked the site, which was still online, and found no vulnerabilities. Fifteen minutes later, though, a massive DDoS, that is a distributed denial of service, attack started and brought the site to a crawl and things started timing out. We can't be certain these things are connected and I can make a decent argument they are not. A DDoS is a site is not a site vulnerability in the usual sense of the word. It's not something where you would pay a ransom for a solution. We think it's more likely this was yet another state-sponsored attack against the strongest bastion of free speech. The attack was the largest, longest, and most distributed attack we've ever faced. For eight straight hours, more than two, 12 times the normal traffic we'd expect on Monday was attempting to make requests on the site. The attack was coming from thousands of IP addresses from just about every country on the planet, along with U.S. cloud providers like Google and Oracle and hosting providers like DigitalOcean and Linode. We got a pretty good handle on it within the first 30 minutes, but news sources in countries would appear and spike the rest of the day, causing occasional slowness. We played whack-a-mole and continued to implement temporary blocks and rate limits, focusing on providing a good experience for our core audience of U.S. viewers. During the event, we had 1.5 billion hits to the site, which is unbelievable. I mean, that is an insane number of hits on the site. And if, you know, people don't understand how this works. Essentially, you just, you, you just overload the system with requests. You just uh, push more requests than the system can handle in hopes to that the system slows down or shuts down completely. Uh, it's pretty simple. But 1.5 billion hits, I mean, a, a website would be ecstatic if they got a billion hits in a year. 1.5 billion in a single day or in the matter of a couple hours, that is a concerted attack. And when you have the attacks coming from IPs in Indonesia, Russian Federation, Brazil, Hong Kong, Mexico, Tor, South Korea, India, Singapore, Germany, Colombia, Ukraine, Argentina, Japan, Ecuador, the list goes on. This is a this is a well-funded operation that's going on. This isn't something that some – it's just some dude in his basement running this operation. This has to be some – you know, it's like, it's, like the, it's like the attack of the pipeline in you know, Russia. It's like it has to be a state actor. Like something this big has to be funded by a larger organization, has to be organized by some you know, massive entity because it's just that big. And so uh, Gab says they were under this massive and unprecedented DDoS attack. He tends to relate it. Uh, Torba says this happened to come just after he wrote a very long and uh, vicious article against the Daily Wire and uh, Ben Shapiro. And he seems to suggest that they might have something to do with it. I don't actually think that's such a ridiculous idea. But also Rumble. Rumble is currently under an unprecedented DDoS attack. They say we'll update as we learn more. Attacks still continuing, but our team has stabilized services for the moment. This was uh, 11 hours ago. So it seems like right wing or at least just 
non-censored alternative social media sites such as Rumble and Gab have sustained days of concerted DDoS attacks, which is incredibly concerning because this reminds me a little bit of you know the meth heads that attack a, a power supply center so they, they can go rob a store, right? This is the preliminary attack. This is the spiking of your enemy's communications so that when the attack comes, they can't communicate in order to respond to it. That's what it makes me think of. I don't know if that's the case, but when you've got Rumble and Gab and, you know, InfoWars, we're constantly dealing with that sort of thing. Uh, but I don't know if there's any, been anything recently. Maybe I'll talk to our tech team about that. But uh, alternative sites under concerted DDoS attack from a mysterious group or, you know, for You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Chicago, and I see she says uh, Nick Fuentes' unbanning was short-lived. I was about to start this segment. We'll go to your calls in just a moment, but I was going to start with this story from Infowars.com. Elon Musk unbans Nick Fuentes, Sam Hyde, and other popular political figures from Twitter. Elon Musk's Twitter on Tuesday unbanned conservative commentator Nick Fuentes, comedian Sam Hyde, and journalist Patrick Howley, former UN weapons inspector Scott Ritter, and columnist Pepe Escobar. Not me, though. Not me. No. None of my accounts have ever been unbanned. What, what do I have to do, Elon? What do I have to do? I just want to be back on Twitter. But now apparently he's banned. Now apparently Nick J. Fuentes has been banned again. I'm just learning this. This is just coming into me. Apparently it was about 37 minutes ago. Uh, so let's go ahead and go out to your phone calls. We'll start with Aaron in Chicago since she brought us this news. Aaron, thank you so much for calling in. Nick Fuentes unbanning was short-lived. What happened, Aaron? Good morning, Harrison. Good morning. Well, it was a fine day in Groypertown yesterday when <laughs> America First host Nick Fuentes was unbanned from the Twitter town square after two years. Update. He lasted all of 24 hours. He was unbanned. He was banned about an hour ago. So I'm calling in today to tell you to go to Cozy.tv to attach Nick's weeknight late show, America First. Starts around 9 p.m. Central. Are you going to believe what you're told? Are you going to make sure you actually hear this man speak and make that decision for yourself? Here's my favorite quote from Nick's Twitter space last night. There is a difference between believing in God and not believing in God, and it could change your life. And finally, I'll leave you all with this. It's moralist versus immoralist. Which one are you? Jesus first, and it's America first. Thank amen, you, amen, you. Aaron. Hold on, hold on. Don't go anywhere. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what Nick was banned for this time? I don't know. Um, I didn't catch what it was, but he he like tweeted probably four or five times this morning, and then um, I looked in the Cozy TV chat room, and that's when people were blowing up about him being banned. Hmm. So, yeah, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he'll be back. Hopefully it was just a maybe temporary suspension this time. But yeah, that's uh, pretty annoying. Pretty annoying. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how annoying that would be as uh, as Nick Fuentes. Um, yeah, pretty, yeah pretty, right. pretty frustrating. But uh, it's good to see all these people back. Mark A. Colette is also back. That's good. So I don't know. All right. Well, thank you so much for for uh, letting us know that, Aaron keeping us up to date on that and uh, hopefully nick will be back on uh, twitter sometime soon hate hate to see it folks he deserves to be back 
I do wonder if it was something he said or if just the ADL pulled some strings. Sometimes they don't even they don't even come up with a reason, right? Usually they try to couch it in some, you know, semblance of law breaking or rule breaking that he did, but sometimes they just ban you for no reason. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, back out to your phone calls. Ventura in ca- uh, California wants to talk Nancy Pelosi. Thanks for calling in, Ventura. You're on the air. Hello. Before I go to Nancy, um, uh, there's a lot of people being banned recently. And I was wondering, for all the people in the Getter live stream, should I return to Twitter? I know you want to must buy Twitter. I never wanted to return to it, but now I'm, I'm, I, I'm thinking about it. So I want people, and maybe Harrison, if I can get your thought on that, if maybe I should uh, try to rejoin back YouTube and Twitter, maybe see how far I can go. I think everybody or, should be on on Twitter and YouTube. I think we need to colonize these places. You know, because people were saying this to me, they're like, "Just who cares about Twitter?" And my response is, "Look, I'm I'm the black dude in the '60s sitting at the lunch counter. We, you know, you're <laughs> gonna tell the black dude that, well, just go eat at a different restaurant. They don't want you there. No, this, I'm I'm standing up for my civil rights here. I demand, you know, a seat at the table, as it were. So, uh, no, I'm gonna." I'm going to pay attention to my, you know, American forefathers who fought for their civil rights and force my presence where it's not wanted because I'm an American, damn it. So, yeah, I think you should be back on Twitter. I think we we all should be and we should all be using it, uh, you know, as a very powerful weapons array in this information war. So uh, I think that's what I think that's what you should do, uh, Ventura. But tell us about uh, Nancy Pelosi. So I so I I just remembered that her husband actually was arrested for DUI Mm -hmm. and given like five years of probation. Right. And then I realized that that story got totally hidden, right? Nobody talked about it. It was in the news for a while, and then nobody talked about it. And then her husband was in the news again about whatever, if that, they were having gay orgies, whatever that was at her house. And now the story is sort of being buried again. Yeah, well, now, the most recent one to this is that Nancy Pelosi said she had an uh, exorcist come out to exorcise yeah, demons. exorcist come out. The, I just saw that yesterday. And then the Catholic Church was like, uh, no, she didn't. <laughs> like, why is she lying yeah. about that? Very weird. Yeah, and then they want to get rid of Joe Biden. So there's all these things that, that make me curious. It's like, what the hell is going on? You know, excuse my French. Like, what's happening? Like, they want Joe Biden gone. And there's a whole thing with Pelosi. It's like, Jesus. But I'm going to leave it off at that. You can follow my getter. Maybe Crew can put it up on the screen. In all caps, VMS underscore talk show. And you can like my recent band video uh, at VMS Talk Show as well. Thank you for your time, Harrison. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ventura. Let's go to another California now. Sean has an update on the client issue or a, uh, the egg issue at a client of yours. Okay, thanks for calling in, Sean. You're on the air. What do you know about this uh, mysterious egg-laying catastrophe? Hey, greetings, Harrison. Before we go into the eggs, do we have time for a plug for you guys? Uh, quickly, please. Yeah, the uh, nitrous boost. I noticed you guys got two blends of arginine in it. Anyone who's uh, got a pro wrestling background like me, we love arginine, good for a pre-workout pump. And with this, you guys are getting a pure blend of that in the supplement. So got to highly recommend it. I'll be trying it out first of the month when I do my orders at InfoWarsStore.com. And, uh, you know, good job on you guys putting it out there where people want that pre-workout pump. They can get that and get the blood in their veins while they're uh, getting ready for the gym. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I used to work 14 years as a night shift supervisor at a Rite Aid and GNC clerk certified, so the pharmacist would send people to me to ask about supplements. And now, nowadays, I uh, send people to uh, InfoWarsStore.com. Oh, awesome. So, we have an expert on our hands. That's great. Yeah. Now, here's a, 
speaking of where I'm working now, uh, I'm doing overnight security uh, at a warehouse that was supplying Costco. I told you that a while back that they were refusing some of the egg orders. Well, they actually canceled their contract in December. Seven out of the 14 drivers were uh, truck drivers were laid off uh, right before Christmas. Good job, Costco, right? And uh, Costco is claiming to everyone that there's no eggs for them, when in reality, they're refusing to take the eggs, creating the scarcity. So, again, you know, this is one of those globalist corporations. I know people love the cheap gasoline there, but we've got to start pushing back on them. They're lying to us about the shortages. However, what you're saying about the feed, that wouldn't surprise me. And I will say I have a friend who uh, raises her own chickens out in Orange County, and those egg yolks are so much better. So Oh, shoot, it looks like uh, it looks like your your call dropped or, or you dropped out there. But I I love what you're saying. And again, it's one of those things that you know during the the crisis, you know, it's like crisis after crisis, and it's like, oh no, we can't unload all of the ships in off uh, you know Long Island. And then you learn it's just like they're just choosing not to. They're just they just don't want to, so they're not doing it. So I mean, it really doesn't surprise me that they're like, oh, it's a, it's an egg shortage, but also we have truckloads of eggs that we just don't want. Actually, we're going to keep that. Cost high. Costco price changes are reportedly coming in 2023. You might pay more for these grocery staples. Uh, there's a headline about uh, Costco. Uh, well, folks, it's um, it's not good. It's not good. But we'll we'll keep bringing you this information. We'll keep covering the collapse. Of course, the mainstream media is telling you that nothing's happening. It's all totally normal. Pay no heed. Uh, but we're not them. So we're going to keep you know focusing on this, and we hope that. It's worth your support. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com. Get the Ultimate Bone Broth. It's been out for a while, but it's back and better than ever. And 25% off for Ultimate Bone Broth Plus at at, uh, InfoWarsStore.com. The second American revolution is happening right now against the New World Order. And the answer to their 1984 tyranny is the 1776 mindset. And InfoWars embodies that fight for human liberty against globalist tyranny. Now, in the last year, we've done a very successful fundraiser of silver coins. When you buy the coin, you know that you are supporting the transmission and you get a historical memento so you can remember the great contribution you made to freedom. Now, despite the fact that the coins are selling out, the last of the four coin series, Teddy Roosevelt Man the Arena, we're offering it for $30 off right now while supplies last at 1776coin.com. And just like an NPR pledge drive where they mark up a coffee cup or a t-shirt or a DVD 300%, that's what we've done with this because it's a fundraiser. But despite that, we're offering $30 off exclusively at 1776 on what coins remain. Please go to 1776coin.com right now. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll go out to your phone calls here in this segment. Let me just take a moment to do a proper job of reintroducing our audience to Ultimate Bone Broth. I mean, we've been out of this for years, but this was the, this was the product when I joined InfoWars. What was it? Seven years ago at this point, I joined in February of uh, 2017, and Bone Broth was like, it was it, right? They'd just come out with the commercial, or they're transforming into a caveman, and uh, I just remember making the, the old caveman uh, commercials. I mean, Bone Broth was like, 
that was it. And then, it, you know, we, the supplies weren't there. We couldn't produce it. Well, it's back now, folks. So this is the triumphant return of bone broth. Oldsman bone broth is back, and now it's better than ever. It's 25% off at the Infowars, at InfoWarsStore.com. After years of being off the shelves, we're bringing back one of the biggest fan favorite formulas we've ever offered with even better ingredients. It's Ultimate Bone Broth Plus. Other top-selling bone broth products on the market are the same price but are just powdered broth without any of the powerhouse ingredients InfoWars Life brings to the table to make this the Ultimate Bone Broth Formula. We've kept most of the incredible mainstay ingredients in the original bone broth formula, such as chicken bone broth, the turmeric root, the chaga mushrooms, bee poly, a bee poly, pollen, goji berry, alfalfa, herb power. But in addition to those powerhouse ingredients, we've updated the formula to include five grams of organic soluble acacia fiber to support digestive health, 400 milligrams of sunflower uh, lecithin, uh, organic acai berry for the antioxidant uh, effects, added electrolytes to help you recover from ex- uh, exercise such as magnesium, potassium, and sodium, real organic coca bean powder with natural chocolate fa- flavor and a touch of sea salt, cutting edge chicken, bo- chicken bone broth protein isolate powder for better flavor and dissolvability. It's time to take advantage of these savings and pick up your bottle of the updated favorite formula with bone broth, uh, ultimate bone broth plus from InfoWars Life at InfoWarsStore.com. Get it now. See what all of the fuss is all about. Again, this is one that for literally months and months and months, people would be like, where is bone broth? Well, it's back, folks. Wonder no more. It's back and on sale, 25% off right now, InfoWarsStore.com. Best of all, it keeps us on the air. It keeps us in the fight against the globalist machine. Support Team Humanity at InfoWarsStore.com. With that, we go to Andrew in New York who wants to talk about the WHO. Thanks for calling in. Andrew, you're on the air. So, yeah, the two-cent WHO is... um they have a new uh, thing. They they got blocked last year from their their treaty. Now they have uh, international health regulations that they're going to be voting on. I think in May. Yep. So, yeah, definitely should not give the two cent WHO the Bill Gates Chinese commie prick controlled WHO power. I really don't think it's a good idea to live in a fifteen minute city or can be locked into your house and have your cats and dogs thrown into bags and, be, and be all, the other, all the other insanity that they're <laughs> yeah absolutely and so i mean what do we do about this because we've covered this before andrew and and pointed out that like they try to pass this treaty where they completely circumvent and destroy and subsume national sovereignty when they declare a pandemic right they're like well whenever we declare a pandemic we get all of your power and you have to do whatever we say under under law by this treaty we defeat it we stand up against it we expose it the the national governments you know oppose it it doesn't pass and then they're back the next year with the the same thing reworded i mean how do we how do we put an end to this for good andrew is there even a way well i think since they were protesting for like a few months for fentanyl floyd we should probably protest in geneva United Nations, all those, like a few months and yeah. put pressure on them. I think that a few, I think even like Texas and Oklahoma said that they were against it already. Yeah, we need. Uh, we really need to push this politically. We need, you know, Ron DeSantis is already doing it a little bit. Trump's already doing it a little bit. We need like a pledge. Like, what was it? It was 1992, Rush Limbaugh had a pledge that, like shaped the entire it was like a 
a renaissance of conservatism in 1992 when they took back the House and it was really powerful. Newt, Green, Newt Gingrich was involved. And it all was around this like pledge of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, maybe you guys can bring this up. I think it's just like a pledge for no news taxes or something like that. Like we need a pledge and I don't know what organization could head this. Uh, but basically it's like, look, if you want support from awake conservatives, you need to come out forcefully against the World Economic Forum, against the control of the banks, against the WHO, and you know, make it a public and part of your policy platform that you are against these international uh, control treaties. I mean that needs to be like a mainstay of Republican politics because once they start talking about it, then the left will have to start arguing for it. Like right now it's just happening in the background. Nobody cares. We need politicians being pressured by us to come out and make public statements in opposition to these things and at least, at the very least, make the people who want to impose this defend their actions and defend their decisions because right now they're not having to. They're just doing it. The contract with America, there it is. So we we need a new contract with America, uh, this time a contract against the globalists, something like that. Here's a story from uh, January 12th of this year. Just two weeks ago, secret WHO negotiations for pandemic treaty taking place this week. Secret WHO negotiations on the proposed pandemic treaty are scheduled for January 9th through 13th. These meetings are part of a continued effort to finalize proposed amendments to the international health regulations. So it is still happening. Uh, This is still something they're trying to push and trying to dissolve national sovereignty into their globalist control grid. So we need American politicians to recognize and oppose this uh, in in their office and especially if they if they ever want to vote from someone like us thanks for that call andrew let's go to max in kansas wants to talk about sending tanks to ukraine thanks for calling in max you're on the air uh harrison good morning man uh you said it best earlier all the all the boys are calling in today all the fellas got (laughs) something to say all the fellas (laughs) um, the early morning fellas here at infowars yeah yes sir and ladies Um, parents are regular caller too Yes, yes, and ladies, my mistake, my mistake. Um, so I, ha- I had the absolute treat of reading a news story yesterday of how we're planning on sending tanks to Ukraine. Ah, uh, yes, wonderful. I love reading that we're only strengthening our anti-Russian stance and playing this disgusting, grotesque game, as you said, of nuclear brinkmanship. Oh, how I love poking a nuclear armed bear, don't you, Harrison? <laughs> I, it's it's not even that we're poking the the bear; it's that we are like hiding from the bear and. You know, some dude that's with us is like leaning over our shoulder and poking the bear and then hiding behind us. That, that's <laughs> that's how it feels like we're not the ones poking the bear, but we will be the first to be mauled. Yeah, it's literally a cartoon. Um, <laughs> so John Quincy Adams once said that America should not go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. Right. Right. And he couldn't have been more spot on saying so. And it's a, truly a shame that modern day policymakers and holders of power of the government, NATO, Atlantic, et cetera, don't listen to some of our nation's wisest decision makers who uh, made oftentimes unpopular but correct decisions. Uh, and prior to World War I, America was an isolationist country and one that wouldn't get involved in foreign affairs and better focus on issues here at home instead of making other countries' problems our own. Um, of course, that foreign policy now couldn't be farther from where we stand today. Um, you know, since World War I, America has never really returned to the official stance that we shall remain distant militarily from other nations overseas unless they directly affect our country's national security or our people. Um, and, and following both World War One and World War Two, America emerged as a world power, right? Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately for all, America never metaphorically called back to the isolation. This hold we were in prior to the two of wars. We grew cocky, and we felt we needed to be 
um, as as you put perfectly in your 1913 video, which is, which is the phenomenal video, you said that the two world wars propped up America to be the policeman of the world. And uh, I'm here to say that it, it's not America's job to be a policeman of the world. It never has been or will be. And the, the ideology that America should have a say in how other governments are run, or we should have a military presence in countries who are in opposition to us, is a dangerous one. Mm-hmm. You know, moreover, the blood of our young is not is not worth a problem other country faces. You know, what was American blood and treasure worth restoring the Kuwaiti prince and protecting the Saudi monarchy uh, during the Gulf War in 91? In 2005, after no weapons of mass destruction were found, yet Cheney said the invasion was still correct, despite thousands of U.S. soldiers dying. Was that was that worth it? And hundreds of Over thousands of, of Iraqis dying. I absolutely agree, Max. Thank you so much for the call. we got to go to break now. More of your calls on the other side. It's like, you know, it's not even that they're, we're going overseas for monsters to slay. I think I'd be fine with going overseas to slay monsters and then coming back. The problem is we're going overseas building monsters and then setting them, you know, to fight with other monsters and then bribing other monsters and feeding other monsters. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. Why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars has made history. You have made history by supporting InfoWars. The globalists are being defeated on every front. And now is the time to not just sit on our laurels because we're winning battles. Let's win the war, the information war. There's nothing you can do more important than keeping InfoWars on air in the fight for liberty. I don't think anybody denies that fact. And I thank you for your past support. But I'm encouraging you now to get one of the very last coins in a four-coin series, the Teddy Roosevelt Man in the Arena coin, exclusively at 1776coin.com. And you can get $30 off this historic pure silver coin with promo code 1776 at 1776coin.com. No more of these will be made. If you want the coin, it's exclusively available right now for a limited time at 1776coin.com. $30 off when you use promo code 1776. Thank you for your support. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We will go out to your phone calls again this segment before welcoming our guests, Tyler Bennett and Jennifer Bridges, in the next hour. Please do go to InfoWarsStore.com to support everything that we do here. Uh, I want to take, take a quick moment to just dive headfirst into an extremely sensitive topic. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say about this, but it's never stopped me before. Uh, it's about Israel and uh, anti-Semitism and all, all that very fun stuff. I lost the I lost the story here. Here it is. Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk says, Christians who don't love Israel don't love the Bible. <laughs> Demands American churches support Israel. 
this is very weird. This is a new one, right? January 23rd. Before we, before we dive into this, talk about the, the nation state of Israel, a secular world power on the, on the world stage. Uh, let me just point out a, a very hilarious, like, bizarre inconsistency. I don't even know if it's inconsistency, but I just want to illustrate you how, how not clear-cut this topic is. If we go to the ADL, they've just released a blog called Online Amplifiers of Anti-LGBTQ Plus Extremism. This, of course, is the Anti-Defamation League. They are the self-appointed uh, Jewish overlords, I guess you could say. But ironically, let's look at the people they list. Libs of TikTok, a Jewish woman. Gays Against Groomer, founded and run by a Jewish woman, <laughs> right? Uh, they have uh, Blaze Media, where they mention people like Alex Stein, a Jewish guy, right? So it's not – this isn't clear-cut. It's not Jews on one side, everybody else on the other. It's – you know, the ADL, they're t- tyrannical, you know, uh, enemies of humanity and enemies of the First Amendment using Judaism as an excuse to silence people who are against their leftist agenda. That's what's going on. That's happening. But again, it's just, it's, it illustrates like why I never fall into the dichotomy of like Jews versus everybody else. Because if you look at the effect of people on our side of the aisle, on the freedom-loving side of the aisle, there's a lot of very prominent Jews, and the Jews on the other side of the aisle hate those Jews just as much as they hate anybody else. So it's it's a complicated you know web they weave here. But I thought I'd lay that down before we uh, talk about this because I don't know where he's getting this. I, I don't know who needs to be explained this, but it seems to have gotten lost somewhere in the mix. So this may be a revelation to some people. If you're Christian, you're not Jewish. Is that, is that hard to understand for anybody else? If you're Jewish, you're not Christian. Like the, it, it, it seems to get confused at sometimes. People like have this idea that I guess the, the term like Judeo-Christian, like if, if they were the same, you wouldn't need a, a compound word, right? These are different things. They're different religions. They believe different things. Fundamental reality are at odds with one another. Right, that's just what it means to be a religion, uh, and this seems controversial these days. It's very strange, very bizarre. College Dissident is the first outlet to report on a theologically unsound in America last remarks made last month by Charlie Kirk, the founder and president of Turning Point USA. In the audio obtained, Chirk, uh, Kirk chastises Christians who are not pro-Israel, demands Christian churches support the modern state of Israel, and makes statements that contradict common doctrines in Christianity and the practices in Judaism, among other controversial remarks. So we actually have this audio. We'll play it here. Clip number four. Charlie Kirk says Christians who aren't pro-Israel aren't really Christian for some reason. Let's watch. So for a Christian that's not pro-Israel, I doubt they actually love their Bible. And I, I, I will stand by that statement. If you are a Christian that doesn't love Israel then you take your Bible way, way, way too much for granted. You don't love your Bible if you don't love Israel. I don't know. Seems kind of weird to me. Seems kind of bizarre, kind of strange. I don't know if, like, again, I don't know when churches started feeling it. Like, why, though? But, But why, though? Because the Old Testament talks about Israel. That was a different Israel. That was an entirely different group of people with an entirely different purpose. And Jesus' coming was the destruction of of the physical state of Israel as we entered into a spiritual state of Israel, which just means the people of God, right? Which is why you had some of the, you know, the, the 
miracle as soon as Jesus is risen is the the gift of tongues, right? As an example that it's no longer the Hebrew Judean people that have sole ownership of this revelation from God. It's now for everybody. So, you know, Israel in the, in the Old Testament was like an egg. It was like a protective hard shell around a secret truth that God was holding for eventual revelation. Jesus coming to earth, the Messiah coming was the, the cracking of this egg and the uh, you know, birth of the, the revelation that was happening. So you can't put the egg back together, which is what people in Israel are trying to do now. And by the way, if you pray at the wailing wall, like, you know, you're calling Jesus a liar, right? You know, Jesus said no two stones will be stacked on top of one another. The, the wall that they pray at was a, was a Roman fort. The Romans tore down the original temple. So, you know, unless Jesus was wrong about his prophecy that was fulfilled just a couple generations later, you're, you're calling him a liar, but the other thing is that like Israel is not friendly to Christians, and I don't know why Christians have this idea that uh, Israel is somehow like a Christian country. They're, they are explicitly not, and I think that's kind of weird, and I think it's kind of creepy, and I think that's a consistent view that I have across the board. I think it would be weird and creepy for uh, Germans to have blood tests to make sure you're German before you get a job, but you know, Israel's got things like that, like marriage laws and stuff like that. Which is weird to me. That's the consistent belief. So like everything gets flipped with Israel. It's very weird. It's very bizarre. People that are like anti-imperialistic, anti-control, anti-racialization, you know, uh, when it comes to Israel, they're like all for it, completely for it. So like I'm on the side when it comes to the Israel debate with like a bunch of socialists that just think that Israel is bad because it's run by Jews and Jews are, are white and they hate white people. Like it, they, they don't like Israel, but for all the weird reasons. But I want to just read this real quick. Just because people don't realize that Israel is not friendly to Christians at all. And it's very weird to be like devoted to somebody who despises you and, and treats you like a second-class citizen. It's not healthy. Uh, this is from a um, Franciscan Foundation for the Holy Land. The myth of Israel's favorable treatment to Fal Palestinian Christians. This man says uh, – He's responding to an article, Israel and the Plight of the Mideast Christians, presents Israel as a tolerant, dove-like, and peaceful democracy. This is belied by the facts. Uh, the author, by uh, his name is uh, Fida Jirias, he says, I'm one of those Palestinian Christians uh, living inside Israel to whom Oren refers. At no time in my life have I ever felt respect and appreciation by the Jewish state, which Oren so glowingly re re uh, references. Israel's Christian minority is marginalized in much the same manner as the Muslim one, or at best, quietly tolerated. We suffer the same discrimination when we try to find a job, when we go to the hospital, when we apply for bank loans, and when we get on the bus, in the same way as Palestinian Muslims. Uh, Israel's fundamental basis is as a racist state built for Jews only, and the majority of the Jewish population doesn't really care what religion we are if we're not Jewish. In my daily dealings with the state, all I have felt is rudeness and overt contempt. And I mean, they, they are routinely like blocking Christians out of holy sites and uh, stories of Christians being spit on and stuff. Like it's not a friendly place for Christians. So I don't know what the obsession with Christians in this, again, and it's not even like Israel really is like the Jews. It's not, it's a nation state. It is a political arrangement it, it are, it's powerful people just like the american government so you can talk trash about the american government without hating the american people i do it every day i can talk trash about the israeli government without hating the israeli people i do that every week uh there's also like it's it really gets to almost a a bizarre degree because you have things like uh the fact that uh in israel they don't use the plus sign because it looks too much like a uh cross and this is on this is on wikipedia it's not like um it's like some uh, hidden thing or anything, uh, but they actually have a Jewish tradition that dates back to at least the 19th century to write the plus symbol using a different 
uh, symbol. This practice was adopted into Israeli schools and is still commonplace in elementary schools, uh, but in fewer secondary schools. It's used occasionally in books by religious authors. Uh, the reason for this practice is that it avoids writing the symbol cross, which uh, looks too much like a Christian ca- cross. So again, like they, Israel is not friendly to Christians. They are not like so. I ju- I just don't get the um, I don't get the idea that Christians have some you know religious obligation to support Israel. It's not true. And if you want to support Israel as a Christian. You're, you're more than welcome. I know a lot of people that do, but if you're being told by Charlie Kirk that it's some sort of religious obligation of yours, you can ignore that and come to your own conclusions, whatever they are. Uh, so I just wanted to clear that up a little bit. Charlie Kirk, you really need to read the New Testament a little bit and figure out what Jesus' feelings on the leadership of Israel was at the time and probably still would be. Let's go out to a BS Assassin. You got a banging poem for us. We got a minute left in the segment, BS. You are on the air. Let's go. Tomorrow, sir. Yes, yes. I have a poem for everyone out there. It is true that the um, the beast stalks ceaselessly, but it is our job from God to be the hunter and mount his head on the wall. Here's the, here's the poem. It's called The Hunter. The hunter stalks his prey with an indomitable will. His failure is not an option. His tribe's very survival depends on the kill. For the great circle of life is never-ending. Deep in the wild, there is no pretending. He takes aim with his righteous spear, and in a matter of seconds, his mind hawkers back to all his father's lessons. The spear hits its mark with perfect precision. Deep in the wild, survival is your religion. Kill or be killed, eat or be eaten. One must always persevere, no matter the season. Brilliant stuff, BS Assassin. I'm... I'm ready to go on a hunt. I'm getting goosebumps over here. That was brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back at the third hour. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.